listening to the New Century Multiverse, Panther Soul. Chapter 12 Tricks of the Trade Colonash It is yesterday. So begins the fourth of my lives. I am no longer wanted in the boxing world, and I'm now working for Maximus in a way that makes me feel self-sufficient enough for this to last. The old lion and I begin our first journey the day after my climactic fight taking me away from Leonidas and everyone there who might want to rip my entire head off. We walk through the jungle, following a trail up towards a village of panthers who might have information on the Egg of Uro, a fabled jackpot said to have been laid by this demigoddess bird. Like a real egg? I ask. Something that should have hatched at one time? Maximus glances at me carefully, and in retrospect I realize he was at this point trying to keep my excitement and enthusiasm alive by not quashing my question and telling me that it was just a hunk of pretty rock that was sculpted in ways that should not be possible. I guess that's up to us to find out, he says magnanimously. Now, when we get to the village, how's your paraka? It's shaky. I grew up speaking Sawahi. I thought you said you learned all sorts of languages while you were fighting. To help you flip your opponents off and push their switches. I did. I protest. But down a narrow corridor of situations, if you want me to tell this whole village their mother had intimate relations with an entire herd of thunder fans, I can. But I don't think it'll grease the wheels the way you want it to. Fine, I'll do the talking. But you have to vouch for me. They hate lions. Say I'm your assistant. I respect that. It's strength. And from now on, our priority is languages. I know 37 across the various tribes so far, but I keep coming up against new ones. And if we can't speak for ourselves, then these rubes will smell a rat pretty quick. We work through the script as we walk. And by the time we are standing in front of this group of wary panthers, I have the routine down pat. Their leader inspects my skirt. I know this family, he says. I tell him I am their emissary. Why do you bring this colonial here? He growls, flexing his pads around his war club. He is my defeated foe and my indentured servant, I say, then cuff Maximus smartly around the muzzle, so his surprise is real. Lowly dog! Bow your head! He obediently does so which pleases the Panthers. My nation wishes to pay homage to the Five Temples. Could we be granted passage up to the nesting place of Uno? Uro. Uro, silence, you saggy bag of old farts. I yelp, cuffing him again. <coughs> you may speak when we ask it of you. It is all the lion can do to not glare at me, so I follow up. If you do not behave, I shall make you the sacrifice to the altar of Uro. Even if you do behave, I shall probably leave him at least one testicle as a snack. Though the great Uro will probably spit your unwashed balls back in your unnecessarily ugly face. <laughs> the panthers laugh. We are invited in. The next day we make the long trek through the hidden hallways of their jungle 
and steal their egg. And so it goes on. Many tomorrows pass, and the dynamic between myself and Maximus slowly changes. I devour the languages voraciously, and my way with words charms all whom we come across. I am also swift and tough enough to fend off their best fighters if we are caught. My one rule, however, is that I shall kill no one. We are, as Maximus puts it, half-inching. They're useless baubles, finding ourselves a good living as we do so, and learning as we go. But I will not take lives in order to achieve this. The ghosts of those whom I helped with the deaths of in the past still haunt me, and I shall not add to them. Certainly not merely simple folk living off the land trying to preserve the heritage we misappropriate. Then comes the day we step too far and a line is drawn between us. It is a hunt for the Orb of Aeon, and Maximus sends me off into the temple, one of the first Zawan shrines I have encountered. All my reading pays off, and with a little shouting back and forth as I negotiate their traps, I am able to lay paws on this burning red sphere. I am transfixed by its contents. It appears to hold a miniature crimson inferno within its shining crystalline shell. As instructed, I pick it up with a cloth and begin to wrap it carefully. It is all going well, until a step backwards into nothing. The floor has melted away behind me, and my arms fling out to stop myself tumbling onto jagged spikes. Before my eyes, the orb begins to tumble down towards the darkness below. My paw darts out instinctually to catch it, and my pads make contact with its surface. Too late. I realize my mistake as power surges through my body. I feel like I have dropped into a lake of white-hot lava. But there is no pain, only an exhilarating rushing whoop of joy that tears itself out of me as I can, for the briefest of moments, see the deeper world beneath ours. That is the only way I can describe it. This vision is here for a moment, and then gone. As I fling myself out of the pit to what I hope is safety. It is not. The temple is already collapsing. I spring back through the traps, narrowly avoiding each again, as a crimson fire bursts out of my body, tracing flaming lines over my fur. I see Maximus scrambling for the exit as great flagstones begin to fall. My instincts feel sharper, my speed and strength increased. I tumble forward to try to snatch him up, but a stone falls sideways over his right hind leg, crushing it. Roaring so loud that even his cry of pain is drowned out, I fling the rock aside, gather Maximus up, and hurl the pair of us out of the front gates as the Zawan stronghold sinks back into the land. <sighs> You touched the orb then. He remarks in between cries of pain, waving his pad towards the new markings that are now etched upon my body. Didn't have a lot of choice, I reply, kneeling as we inspect the damage together. There is a definite fracture within the leg. He cannot put any weight on it, bellowing in pain whenever it is moved. I suppose 
He pants between grimacing. This isn't too bad a place to be left for the end. What are you talking about? I'm going to carry you down from here. He leans back on his paws and regards me. <sighs> You're a good kid. I lucked out in finding you. You may live to regret it. Now look for something to bite down hard on. I'm making you a splint. And it's going to hurt like hell. It does. He eventually passes out from the pain. As I make my way carefully down the valley, Maximus slung over my back, I try my best not to jog that leg. He has consumed all our pain-killing bark tinctures, and we shall need a lot more from the nearest village. I start to concoct my story about the ferocity of what we faced at the temple, trying to work out an angle that doesn't paint us as thieves. These markings are going to make that a little difficult. What do you think they are? I ask him as he stirs. <sighs> oh, it's a blessing bestowed upon the finest warrior monks of the Zawan people. Those who could defend their abbeys and prove their worth with special bravery would be marked so. His voice is slurred, and I quicken my pace whilst attempting stability. Ah, and I think I once read about these being passed down and bringing a little of each new warrior with it. Kolo, you're effectively proclaiming yourself a champion of this land. Champ? I like that. How do I get them off me? You die. <laughs> Great. Well, at least I won't need a lamp to read at night with. And it'll help next time we're stuck in some cavern looking for hidden engravings. We... We won't be doing that again. I'm done, Colo. That was it for me. No, no, you're nowhere near done, you crooked old bastard. I'm not doing all this alone. I'll just be happy with what I have. I've earned the chance to put my paws up, bury myself away beneath reams of ancient papyrus, maybe in Bastarian, somewhere brighter. And what am I supposed to do? Be your fetcher and carrier? No, no. You were free long ago. If you'd ever asked, I would have told you. I just wanted... I liked your company, kid. Can you forgive me for not making that plain from day one? <sighs> yeah, you're forgiven. I say, gritting my teeth as my new tattoos blaze. And let's just get you back somewhere with hot and cold running healers. Maximus survives. He recovers a lot of use in that leg, though it aches at him from that point on. I help him move his possessions from Leonidas to Bastarian and sell his old house. Whilst we are very visible in the street, loading up a wagon with all of those priceless unsold keepsakes, I spot cubs of many species scurry by heads turning, their eyes lighting up when they see me. Adults follow them, and I am repeatedly asked, Are you coming back to fight? Are you coming back to fight? I keep telling them no and put that city behind me as we take the road back, but this question sticks with me. I had thought myself disgraced, that nobody would ever wish to see me fight again. 
We move into the shop and adjoining apartment in Bastarian after I convince Maximus to part with one or two valuable pieces to cover the difference. Once he has mended enough to look after himself, I make my quiet departure, promising to visit soon. He presents me with my original bill of sale and a co-signed certificate proclaiming my freed status. It bothers me so deeply that I shall have to hold on to or even have to think about this paperwork in my own homeland. But if I am to interact with lions, it is needed. So ends the fourth of my lives. I have sat up nights staring out over that city, unsure of my place there, and without the old coot keeping me moving from artifact to artifact, I am not sure I can keep up our usual grift. Part of me wishes to just keep walking, hang the treasure, and simply see and smell as much as I can. But as I find myself dancing on my lower paws, my body now glowing in the night, my muscles stronger than they were, my tongue far sharper, I start to think what taking this champ back to the ring will do. I am approaching the best shape of my life. Surely now I am unbeatable. I must be the best. I must be the best. been listening to episode 12 of Panther Soul, Tricks of the Trade, written, edited, and directed by Alexander Shaw. Colo Nash, performed by Alex Shaw. Maximus, performed by Spencer Lieb. Panther Chieftain, performed by Tahir Chai. Fancat, performed by Kevin Vahey. Make Your Decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Panther Soul theme, Zard, composed and performed by Jason Bradley Livesey of Shockwave Sound. Thunder Dreams, Witch Hunt, and Whimsy Groove, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Swamp Planet and Lawkeeper Grove, Ambience, from Tabletop Audio. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon, and our $15 sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you to Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Alejandra Vargas, Alex Brewington, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolf, Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, Johan Clayson, Joe G, Josh Waster, Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Marty Polmeyer, Matthew A. Siebert, Michael Hasco, Robbie Crow, Sarah Montgomery, Tima Hellas Hario, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Jungius, Tom Painter, Trey Contreras, and Valencia Burns. 
For the maximum New Century Multiverse experience, you need to be checking out the podcast Through the Wind Door, where Greg Downing and Toby Skills Jungius talk us through each story like a book club and go into mind-boggling depth. I don't know about you, but I like having my mind boggled. They're currently up to Steamheart. And if you want to read the entirety of Panthersoul right now, it is available in a gorgeous paperback on Amazon.com. Alternately, you can support this project for $10 on Patreon and get access to all the New Century ebooks and audiobooks. 